0: Let us pray. Quiet our hearts and minds, that we might hear your voice. And hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. So today is the fourth and final week of our current worship series. It's a new year, now what? At a time of year when many of us are reflecting on the past year and looking towards the new and maybe discovering that our New Year's resolutions, at least the typical New Year's resolutions that we ascribe to, um, are lacking, maybe they're not fulfilling all that we had hoped that they would, we've been exploring as a community a lesser known book of the Bible, Ecclesiastes, in search of meaning and purpose for our lives. I want you to remember that the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes is named Kohelet, which means teacher, and he writes from the perspective of someone who has seen and done and has it all. In fact, he purports to be King Solomon. And as someone who has seen and done and had it all, this person has come to the conclusion, a very cynical conclusion, that all is vanity. Fleeting, futile, a chasing after wind. To recap just briefly, in week one, we chased after justice, wondering with Kohelet, why life isn't fair? I mean, it seems that no matter who you are or how you live, we all come to the same end. Everyone dies. So what's the point? And we came to the conclusion or arrived at our first resolution, which was to be present. To god's presence instead of comparing our lives to others or worrying about the future we decided we would remain in the present where we learned we are most likely to encounter god who is the eternal one ecclesiastes in chapter 3 verse 11 said god has made everything fitting in its time but has also placed eternity in our hearts and then C.S. Lewis expounds upon that notion in his screw Tape Letters when he points out that the present is the point at which time touches eternity. Then, week two, we chased after pleasure and we discovered that pleasure is also fleeting. And the pursuit of pleasure can, in fact, sabotage our happiness. And we arrived at resolution number two, that we would seek the giver of all pleasure, rather than pleasure. As a prayer practice, we thought we would ask ourselves as a way of examining ourselves on a daily basis, do you seek pleasure or the giver of all pleasure? We learned in Ecclesiastes 2, 24 to 25, that a person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God, For without God, who can eat? Who can find enjoyment? And then last week, with Kurt's help, we chased after success and learned that success, as we often think of it, can rob us of contentment as we continually strive for more. More money, more power, more esteem. So resolution three was that we would practice contentment through gratitude We do this by redefining what we mean by success and reevaluating our priorities and giving thanks for all that we already have and are and do. Ecclesiastes 4.6 said, Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. So, be present to God. Seek the giver of pleasure practice contentment through gratitude based on the conclusions of the past three weeks it might be easy to conclude that a search for the spiritual is the best way that we can find fulfillment in life well yes and no why because there's a big difference between seeking spirituality or seeking god and finding god And our understanding of the relationship between those two could affect our experience of and depth at which we have contentment or fulfillment. A dictionary definition of spirituality includes a range of ideas from something that belongs to and is ordered or organized by an institution like church, to a personal propensity toward religion, to an experience of, quote, being spiritual. Psychology today notes that spirituality means different things to different people. For some, it's primarily about a belief in God and active participation in organized religion. That describes us to some degree. Or two, for others, it's about non-religious experiences that help them get in touch with their spiritual selves through practices like quiet reflection, time in nature, private prayer, yoga, or meditation. That also describes us to some degree. I don't know that they're mutually exclusive. However, Psychology Today notes that many people now identify as spiritual, but not religious. They point out what church also knows that at least in industrialized countries, fewer and fewer adults are identifying as religious, while those who identify as spiritual have remained steady or begun to increase. The church often bemoans this fact as the institution experiences decline and growth, but I wonder if maybe we have something to learn from this trend something that Kohelet seems to understand. Listen to what the teacher has to say to us today. This is a reading from Ecclesiastes. This is the fifth chapter, the first and second verses. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven, and you are on earth. So let your words be few. Kohelet warns against the hollow, outward observance of religion. And he's not alone. This theme runs throughout Scripture. In 1 Samuel, we hear from Samuel when he says, Has the Lord... As great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obedience to the voice of the Lord? Surely to obey is better than to sacrifice. And then in Proverbs 15:8, we hear, "The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is God's delight." Jeremiah 7: 22-23 reminds Israel. For in the day that I brought your ancestors out of the land of Egypt, God says, I did not speak to them or command them concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices, but this command I gave them, Obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people and walk only in the way that I command you so that it may be well with you. There are many more examples like this. Examples that reiterate that while religion and religious practice is not bad, I mean, in fact, it can be and at its best is intended to order an individual's and a community's life of faith that's intended at its best to help shape and form us spiritually into a truer likeness of Christ, that we might be that witness for the world, but... In and of itself, if practiced without the proper attitude, without authenticity or a willing heart, it can be empty, meaningless, vanity even. Kohelet speaks in particular of the vanity of speech. Watch your step, he warns, when you enter into the house of God. Go near to listen. Do not be quick with your mouth. Let your words be few. Spirituality, and we all know this, spirituality is about seeking the heart of God, seeking to know God. And the appropriate posture or attitude in this seeking is one of wonder. And humility, realizing that our seeking is rather audacious. I mean, we seek to know the unknowable. Via negativa, also known as negative theology, is a form of theological thinking and religious practice which attempts to approach God enter into the presence of the divine by negation, to speak only in terms of what may not be said about the perfect goodness that is God. It forms a pair together with via positiva, which approaches God in the way that we're most familiar and comfortable with, by affirmations or positive statements about what or who God is. Via negativa recognizes that nothing we can say or know about God is sufficient. Nothing we say or know about God is exhaustive or captures the whole truth of who God is. So, for example, we can say God is love, and that's true. But our understanding of love, at least compared to the divine perspective, is woefully limited and we can say God is just and merciful and we believe that that's true but do we fully know what that looks like from God's vantage point we are finite beings seeking to know the infinite the eternal and while rites and rituals and religious practices can provide a good structure they can also be vanity If they become ends unto themselves rather than opportunities, encounters, to with humility approach or enter into the presence of the one who is infinite, eternal, and unknowable. Moses found this out. In his first encounter with God, he learned this. Hear this reading from Exodus chapter 3. Why the bush does not burn up? Then the Lord saw that he had gone over to look. God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you so there's a lot to unpack in this short little scripture about who god is and how we are to approach god first starts out by saying moses was on the far side of the wilderness wilderness in the bible is a metaphor for spiritual desolation or aridity moses was on the far side of the wilderness moses was in the wilderness's wilderness i mean his soul was parched he'd fled egypt after killing an egyptian in defense of a hebrew and now he's married to now he's married and he's caring for another man's flock in the middle of nowhere when something bizarre happens he sees a bush that's on fire but somehow not burning up. How can that be? I mean, from our finite viewpoint, we know. We know that fire consumes. So somehow this fire doesn't? And then three, God, who Scripture says, saw that Moses had gone over to look, which sounds to me like god is observing from the outside transcendent maybe maybe watching from the heavens but god is so also somehow imminent within the bush simultaneously everywhere and somewhere in particular another puzzle and god warns moses from the bush you're standing on holy ground Moses take off your shoes I hear this voice as I enter into worship and prepare to say something meaningful about God in the sermon each week knowing that anything I say will be lacking that's why I preach without my shoes on as a reminder to step into that role with humility Remembering that we are in the presence of the holy. I can also hear Kohelet here echoing. Watch your step when you go into the house of God. When Moses asks God what God's name is, God responds, again, very enigmatically with, I am who I am. God is everywhere everywhere and nowhere, and present in the particular. God is in, or maybe is, a fire that doesn't consume. God is holy, and God invites us to approach, invites us to search this one who identifies as I am. What does it mean? (laughs) Can you imagine Siri guiding you down the path? Follow your bliss. The obstacle is the path. If you aim for it, you're turning away from it. This is the Zen GPS. I thought it was funny. Hmm. I mean, would we ever, if we received this sort of direction from Siri, would we ever arrive at our destination? Or maybe we've discovered we never left it. We could ponder god's name our entire lives and never arrive at a clear answer and yet the search the seeking itself with love and humility in our hearts results in the richness of lived experience that a life lived with meaning and purpose provides what we seek is unknowable and wants to be known reveals themselves to us in every single moment if we have eyes to see chasing after spirituality is not vanity as long as we realize we'll never arrive at or fully grasp that which we seek though that which we seek always and already has us in their grasp so resolution number four perhaps we seek god in humility and with wonder what if we resolve to seek god with humble hearts entering into god's presence in all the ways we do that whether that's Worshiping here in the sanctuary or online, whether that's caring for and serving others in and through this community, whether that's wandering in nature, whether that's prayer or meditation, whether that's seeing the presence of God or the holy in the eyes of all God's creatures, we enter into God's presence and wonder at all the ways in which God reveals God's self to us and draws us more deeply into the divine mystery. Amen.